BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I am so excited for today's episode. It is with Sophie Ross. If you don't know who Sophie was, I bet you do. If you remember the Ariel Charnas COVID scandal, Sophie was the whistleblower. She has been behind a few other scandals too. I think the Hilaria Baldwin one. And she is best known for her just like ruthlessness when it comes to calling people out on their shit. I do explain it in the episode, but I don't want to say I was a victim of this because like I hate victimizing ourselves. Like I wasn't a victim. I go out there and I put my rules out for the world to digest and not everyone is going to digest them positively. So Sophie had sent a bunch of tweets, um, which we did read on the episode, but some of them we didn't read and were not as PC. So I will read them to you. Um, She had said, love setting arbitrary rules for women while acting like men can do whatever they want, whatever the fuck they want all the time. And then she had said, literally, she listed the rules, the no sex on the first date, the don't send a thank you text. And she said, literally all of those, all of these I disagree with. Stop pretending men make all the rules, girlies. Stop listening to these dummies, which is pretty pretty rough. And then she said that... And then someone said, we made an acne question mark. And she said, that was actually the pod that inspired this tweet. People already know how I feel about call her daddy, but Jesus fucking Christ, we met at acne is just as ass backwards in every way. So I just wanted to read you that part because we didn't read all of it. We kind of only read like the PC part on the podcast. And like, I'm a human being. So obviously that of course hurts my feelings. And like, you know, Sophie even said in the episode, which you'll hear that how someone reacts to you usually has nothing to do with you, um, which was a very, very good quote that she shared. So that's how I feel about that. But we did get into it. We did kind of agree to disagree at the end of it and became friendly. But I will just say, because I have to defend myself like a little bit, otherwise I'm just like a little pussy ass bitch, you know, that like, if you try to help women for a living, like there is nothing wrong with what you are doing. You know, like I, all I want in life in sharing these rules is for women and men to get into an amazing relationship and like meet the person that's right for them. And so I stand by it all. But I just wanted to say that before we get into it, you know, like I would never tear down women. I try to help them. And that's just where I stand. I'm not saying I'm a better person in this situation. I'm just saying like, that's just what I'm saying. Okay. Anyway, I'm going to go over a few things that you wanted me to answer. And then we'll get right into the Sophie episode. Somebody asked to talk about my bachelorette party. Okay, wow. So I had a little bachelorette party in the city. It was supposed to originally be like we would go to this hotel suite and we'd go to a club after. I had talked about it briefly with Haley Sachs, Mrs. Dow Jones on our episode. And Omicron was just like, not, no, sorry, that's not happening. So what we did instead was we went to my parents' apartment. We'd had an omakase chef come, which was very nice and awesome and not as expensive as you're probably thinking it was. It's a great company. I'll share it if you want to know. 
And it was really, really fun. We had everyone test the day of. My friend Fallon is like, was like test Nazi. She was like, you need to send me your test and you need to send me your test. And everybody tested negative except for two people who were not able to make it. And we had a really nice time. We started off having drinks and, you know, we did some photos with my friend who came and took some pictures of us. And then, and the theme was pop stars. So everyone dresses like either your favorite pop star from the nineties or today or whatever it is. And we had dinner and pretty quickly people started to get really drunk because when you have omakase, it's like a piece of sushi every few minutes and a lot of alcohol and sake and whatever. I don't drink. So obviously that wasn't me, but my friends started to. And I was so happy that they were getting drunk because I was like, great, now we can dance. We started dancing during dinner. It was so much fun. And also during dinner, I I think a friend of mine had suggested this, one of my bridesmaids. And we went around and we roasted me, which I absolutely loved. Like so many, I feel like and this this episode is a good example because it's like, can you dish it? Like, can you take it? You know, you can dish it, but can you take it? And like, I love taking it. I love when people can roast me. I love more and more self-awareness. Like I would pay and I do pay because of therapy. I pay money for self-awareness. So this was like free self-awareness. And it was really cringe because I'm sober now. And a lot of these stories were from before I got sober like really, really cringy stories. I'll share like a few with you. There was one story where I was at my friend's birthday brunch and I wanted to take photos of all of us. Like I used to be obsessed with photos of myself on Instagram. I wouldn't say that's totally different now, but the way that I was before was just like incessant and crazy. Like anywhere I went, I had to have like a photo and post it on Instagram. So I did photos of us and I didn't like the photos. So I was like, let's take more. And one of the girls in the group was like, no, I'm done with the fucking photos. And I was like, you're such a fucking bitch. Like blah, 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 blah. And I tweeted at my friend's birthday brunch. Birthday brunches are have a special place in hell or something. And she saw it like at the brunch. So that's who I was before I got sober, I guess. God, that's so cringe. And then just like other stories of me doing things that I now cringe at. Some funny stories, some nice and sweet stories, which we love and welcome. But the roasts were really, really funny. And I really, really loved them. And my sister-in-law-to-be got to hear some extremely inappropriate stories of me from the past. And we were you know, just extremely inappropriate sexual things that we talked about. So bless her. And um, what else can I share legally? I guess there was another story that was shared from like a trip we took to Acapulco when we were in college and just like crazy and there were drugs and and it was wild. But um, this is why you have a bachelor party to talk about these fun things. It was really fun. Then we played some games that we would have played at the shower that got canceled, which was really nice. We got Steven's answers virtually. We got my answers. And then Steven surprised me with a cameo video from the most recent Love Island cast telling me, congratulations, hope you're having a fun bachelorette. And it was so hysterical. And I really want to post it on Instagram for you guys. So if you want that, DM me and let me know because I would love to share it. Somebody asked if any of my wedding will be sponsored slash a partnership. No, it will not. I absolutely wish, wish that anyone in the wedding industry would do that. But no, never. That's just not a thing I've ever heard of. I mean, maybe if like you have a million followers, but I'm certainly not on that level. And um, I think we talked about that a little bit in the Mrs. Dow Jones episode too. Um, I'm going to talk briefly about sobriety because someone reached out and they said that they were really struggling. And so what I will say is that it was the best decision that I ever made. I knew that it wasn't a choice whether or not I was smoking at that point and I needed to get help. And we do have a great episode coming up about this. So I'm not going to talk about it too much. But all I will say is that you don't have to do it alone. 
There are resources and free resources. There's different groups for each and every problem that you might have. So maybe it's cocaine, maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's weed, maybe it's like, you know, general narcotics, maybe it's overeating. There's problem, there's programs for that. So you don't have to do it alone. And lastly, somebody asked about the 90-10 security rule in relationships. What is the course of action if you feel 100% safe? So this is basically the rule that I'd shared recently that is in the perfect relationship, you have 90% security and 10% insecurity. But you need that insecurity for like the relationship to continue. So if you have 100% security, then like you get bored, you treat them badly, you act out. So I would honestly say if you have 100% security, vocalize that. And if nothing changes, but don't be like, you make me feel too secure, I'm leaving. Just be like, I feel so good in our relationship, but part of me feels like I'm like, don't have to try and that it's kind of like a you know, it's a done deal. And I love that like excitement still. And I wonder if there's anything that we can do to like revive that. But like my honest opinion is that there isn't. If you're already in that point, you probably just need to break up. Um, Okay. I'm going to save the rest for the solo episode that's coming up. And I'm really excited for you to hear this episode, Sophie. I just can't deal with the weather right now. Like I'm so impressed with myself for still moving my body and like doing anything. But I'm not going to lie to you. Like all I want to do is eat comfort food during this time. All I want to do. And I always feel like I have a sore throat. Like even though I know it's in my head, it's not COVID, thank God. But I just feel like I rediscovered Saqqara and like the comfort it makes me feel and their detox tea and like the tea in between meals. Like I had forgotten about tea for so long and now it's like all I ever want to do is drink Saqqara tea before bed, in between meals. Like it makes me so, so happy. And their breakfast especially is my absolute favorite because it's so nourishing. It's like you're not in any way restricting, like you're still eating sugar and like yummy, yummy things, but they're not bad for you. Like they're full meals and they keep you full and that's all that matters. And I really, really can't tell you how much I love Saqqara. And not only that, but everyone that works for Saqqara that I've ever met is the sweetest person in the world. And just like everything about their company is done so well and so thoughtfully. So I really, really highly recommend that you try Saqqara if you haven't already. It's made from powerful plant-based ingredients that help you boost your energy and support your digestion and get your skin glowing so much. It's delivered right to your door in really cute, sustainable little packaging. And Saqqara is offering our listeners 20% off your first order when you go to sakara.com slash Acme or enter code Acme20 at checkout. You really, really should try it. Sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. That's Sakara S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash Acme and enter code Acme20 to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash Acme and code Acme20. Speaking of the cold weather, there's one thing that annoys me more than anything. And that is the dry skin. Like I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm not used to having dry skin, but this weather between my hair being like flat and staticky and my skin being dry, I'm so over it. And I've been living off of my moisturizer, living The Evelyn Rose Hydrating Glow Face Moisturizer, I know it's a lot to take in, from Crabtree and Evelyn, is a lifesaver, life changer. It boosts radiance and refines skin texture. And I literally can put it on day, night, before bed, and I don't have to worry about it being like oily or giving me pimples. It literally just nourishes my skin and soul. And that's what Crabtree and Evelyn's beauty products do. They're inspired by exploration with sensorial textures and powerful ingredients that are designed to nourish your skin and your soul. They also have these amazing glow drops, which are kind of like skincare meets makeup. 
a really good highlighter that delivers like a sun-kissed glow. And all of their their products have like really interesting ingredients in them, like pearl extract, snow mushroom, mushroom, sea berry seed oil. Like, have you ever heard of that stuff? I doubt it. And the moisturizer has amazing like rose water in it and microalgae. It literally hydrates your skin for eight hours. So you only have to put it on like every eight hours. It's really amazing. And there's no greasy feel after, which I really, really love. So definitely check it out. I'm a huge fan. And code ACME15 is going to get you 15% off your order. If you use code ACME15 at checkout, you'll get 15% off your order. So definitely hit up that moisturizer or the glow drops. But any of their stuff is truly amazing and really unique. So check it out. Use code ACME15 for 15% off your order. Back to the episode. Hi, I'm Pia Berengini, the creative director of LPA, an entrepreneur, a wife, and a dog mom based in Los Angeles. This is my new podcast, Everything is the Best, where we basically ask interesting people, how did you go from zero to yacht? I'm always curious how the hell people became successful, and I figured you would be too. Get on the internet with me. Let's laugh, let's cry, let's overshare, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. Check out new episodes every Wednesday. It's all for you, baby. Thanks for listening. Love you, mean it. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with writer and pop news columnist, Sophie Ross. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited and I love your fancy studio. Thank you. I made it myself. I love it so Um, much. (laughs) It's so funny. I wasn't using it for so long, but like I had access to it, quote unquote, from Dear Media. And then I was like, why am I not using this? Like, it's so great. I'm so bad at the Zoom thing, you know? So I finally just like brought my ass in here and I'm happy I did. A professional microphone is like such a game changer. Totally. It just, it's beyond. So Sophie, tell us about yourself. How old are you and where are you from? Hi. Oh my gosh. I wasn't like, I honestly wasn't even ready to answer about myself. I'm like, what? who am I? <laughs> I'm 29. My name is Sophie Ross, by the way. I'm 29. I'm from Cincinnati originally, which is random, but I lived in New York for like eight years now. And yeah, I write, I started out just writing about fashion and beauty, working at different companies. And I started tweeting my opinions out and people seem to really like my opinions and hot takes. So yeah, that kind of launched a little mini career as a pop culture commentator. I do a weekly podcast Mondays on So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. And yeah, that's like a quick little hit on who I am. Love it. And what is your current relationship status? My current relationship status is taken by a little sweetie boy. (laughs) He actually got me my um, podcasting mic for Hanukkah. Oh, that's so nice. I know. He's a little sweetie. How did you guys meet? We actually met on Hinge. Oh. And it was actually like literally the weekend after my sister's wedding. And I was like, it was funny because I was like, oh, it'd be nice to have like a date at my sister's wedding. Right. It's like, whatever. And then it turns out that not having a date was like, I was the maid of honor, obviously. It would have been really stressful to have a date there. But then the next weekend I met, I met my boyfriend and yeah, so he's great. I love that. Wait, and not to be a stalker, but I feel like that was semi-recently. Yes, yes. So we've been dating since like the beginning of October. Okay. So are things a fish? Yeah, things are a fish. Yeah. I mean, he does not play games. Like he's not, right away I was like, are you a fuck boy? Like what's your deal? Mm -hmm. And he was like, no. And I was like, I don't believe you. And then he just proved it. Like, he's he's just the real deal, genuine, nice guy. And, you know, I feel like for so long, I was just— I mean, I feel like a lot of girls can relate to this, like, going after the wrong guys. You go yes. after emotionally unavailable guys. And I had to work through that in therapy. Like, why I was going after the wrong guys and why I was chasing emotionally unavailable people. Therapy has really, really, really helped me. So amazing. So I definitely credit my therapist with, you know, me being in a healthy, happy relationship right now. Same. Full credit to the therapist. Yes. And we're into astrology on the podcast. Mm -hmm. I 
Again, I'm a very good stalker, so mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you're an Aries. Yes, I am an Aries. Okay. And when is your boyfriend's birthday? He's a Libra. Oh. So he is a Libra sun, and then his moon and rising are Scorpio. Oh, wow. So I was like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Like, Le- I had never dated a Libra, but, like, Libras are generally known for being, like, affable and just, like, yeah. nice to get along with and people pleasers. But Scorpio was a little scary to me. Scary. I stay away from water signs now. Yeah. Pisces and Cancer men, stay away from me. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I'm a Virgo rising and Capricorn moon also. So. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> Are you? Yeah. Oh, seriously? Okay, wait, so so this is crazy. So I'm a I'm a Libra. Okay. But I also have a Virgo rising in Capricorn moon. Oh my god, and that's so funny. It's so funny because then I mean technically we're like exact opposites. Uh-huh. But have that like weird similarity, which yes. is very interesting. Oh, that is so funny. I very guess because funny. Aries and Libras are, aren't we like opposite we're signs? We're opposite signs. So that that's so also funny. what works with you and your boyfriend. Yeah. Like you complement each other well. Like you have the qualities yes. that he seeks and vice versa. That is so funny. Yeah, I feel like my I really identify with like Virgo and Capricorn because they're mm-hmm. known for being like intense, very yeah. regimented, mm-hmm. like just I don't I wouldn't call myself type A, but I definitely am like when I'm working, I'm like psycho and I need everything yeah. to be perfect. And I relate to that. I'm the same. Um, but I feel like you have like one little element that I lack as a Libra, which is like you do not give a fuck mm-hmm. if people like you or not, which yeah. is admirable, truly. Yes. Yeah. So that's actually, I mean, when we're talking about like my Twitter and what my opinions and hot takes are, a lot of it is like, you know, I might be offending some people, but yeah, it's just, I feel like it's just nothing I even really considered when I, you know, started my Twitter. I mean, I, you know, made my Twitter in 2012 or something. Mm-hmm. But I just have a lot of opinions and strong opinions, I guess. And I, you know, feel entitled to them. And yeah, and a lot of people say that. They're like, you do not give a fuck. You're so ballsy. And I'm like, am I? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just my opinion. (laughs) Right. And I want to get more into that and kind of like the reason that we're even sitting here. But before we do, is there anyone that like does what you do or did what you did that like you look up to? Like, oh. let's say, like, a why am I saying Barbara Walters when I mean Joan Rivers? Or, oh, like, a, or like, a Joan Perez Rivers. Hilton type person, you I know? wouldn't say I did grow up on Perez Hilton, but no, Perez Hilton is a slime ball. So not Perez Hilton, but I did grow up on him, which is funny because anyone who's, like, obsessed with pop culture or celebrities, like, they will all tell you they grew up on Perez Hilton. Yeah, so I did, did too. Yeah. But I, why do you think he's a slime ball? He's just, like, gross. Like, the way that he was attacking, like, underage TikTok kids and he, like, got kicked off TikTok. And he's just, like, and, you know, the way he built his career was— you know, tearing down Britney Spears. And he was one of the ones that, you know, we should be holding accountable for what Britney Spears went through. And, you know, as we were browsing Perez Hilton as teenagers, we didn't really know that was completely unethical at the time. So just in defense of us growing up on Perez Hilton, but I do love Joan Rivers. Yeah, love. Oh, that's such a good question. Honestly, I feel like it's, right now I'm actually working on a sub stack and I love, um, there's a writer named Hunter Harris. I love her content. Um, What's a Substack? A Substack is a subscription like newsletter that I'm actually planning to launch finally at the end of the month. I've been working on it for a really long time. But a subscription newsletter and it's just going to be like my thoughts, opinions, musings, everything kind of distilled Mm -hmm. into a weekly newsletter. But anyway, I was like, I don't know anyone who kind of covers all the weird, like, random, wacky things that I do because it's everything from, like, the housewives to all be, like, you know, my my favorite skincare products right now because I write about beauty also. So right. I feel like it's it's a very unique kind of space that I'm in. I don't know. That's why, you know, when you were like, how should I introduce you? And I'm like, I don't even know what I am. Right. I'm like kind a of A little just, bit of everything. Yeah. I'm a real renaissance woman. I love it. Wait, but what sign is your fiance? He's a cancer. Oh, a cancer. I, I know, I know you so sworn them off. No, it's okay. <laughs> he he has so he has no cancer in him other yeah. than his son. Oh, well so that's good. That's good. He's a Virgo rising like us, and he's a Sagittarius moon. 
So, oh, love that. Yeah, fun oh, loving. That's you know, great. Doesn't take life seriously, unlike Capricorn moons. Yes, who yes. very much do. Yes. Those moon and rising signs, like they balance it out. Yeah, they yeah. do. They do. <laughs> um, so the, re- the reason that we're here, other than the fact that, mm-hmm. so I'll just like tell the background story. So I followed you for mm-hmm. a bit and... Well, like, you know, when like you follow someone, but you don't actually follow them, like the button's not hit, but like, you know what they're up to. Yes. I've been, I followed you on my Finsta for like years. Oh my God. And before I followed you on, we met at Acme. (laughs) There was a huge thing that you did, which like, I I would say probably if you Googled, Mm -hmm. you would come up immediately, which is almost like being like a whistleblower to the um, Ariel Charnas COVID situation. Yes. Yes. And... Everybody was following that. Like my sister who like doesn't really follow pop news. Like when I told her you were coming on, she's like the Twitter girl. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> the Twitter girl. I love that. That's like, my uh-huh. new Instagram bio. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so that was like, that was a thing. And like, that's mm-hmm. like how I knew who you were. And then I I think I've, I, either I followed you on We Met at Agony first or you followed me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because yeah. I, I was always following you on my yeah, Finsta. Yeah. So I blacked that out. But I noticed that you were following me and I literally had a panic attack. And I like said to my fiance, I was like, oh my God, this is either like so great. Like she's a fan of like We Met at Acme or this person is going to like find a way to somehow like cancel me, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Because like, I think a lot of people like are like afraid of you in that way almost, you know? And so whatever, we were following each other and like nothing happened. And then I went to go like check my mentions on Twitter Mm -hmm. and I noticed that you had tweeted. I don't remember the exact tweet. I Um, actually just pulled it up. That's why I was on my phone. I was like, I need to pull it up. So I actually, it was only in my replies that someone was like, this sounds like we met. And I'll read the thread for everyone. Yeah, yeah, read the thread. This sounds like we met at Acme. And I was like, honestly, from what I've been, you know, hearing and reading about we met at Acme, it sounds, you know, like they say similar advice to call her daddy, Alex Cooper. So, you know, I'm thinking about call her, which I tweet about all the time. Mm -hmm. Alex Cooper, call her daddy, gives the worst advice. But I was hearing about some of just this misogynistic, you know, and there are a lot of, it's not just, you know, we met at Acme or call her daddy. There are a lot of influencers that give dating advice. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them say, you know, if he wanted to, he would. And to me, I actually internalized that for a long time. I was like, well, if he's not texting me, he doesn't want me. I'm not, I'm unwantable. I'm unwanted. There's something wrong with me. You internalize that kind of advice when the reality is, you know, you're kind of assuming, and I, this is something my therapist actually taught me, and I, I've tweeted about this before, some of the amazing advice my therapist has given me, that, you know, you're assuming that he is in a certain place. You know, when you say that, you're assuming that he is mentally in an okay place. Because how many times have you wanted, have you done something that you didn't want to do, or you didn't do something that you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Think about, you know, yourself. You're we're, We act like men are like these like magical creatures that like control everything when in reality, they're probably anxious. They're probably doubting themselves. They're probably waiting for a text as well. They want reassurance. My boyfriend's love language is actually words of affirmation. Sometimes men need that too. Yeah. They sometimes want to be chased as well, depending on the man. So if you're like, oh, well, he doesn't want me. Like, he didn't text me. He doesn't want me. And like, look, that's fair. Like, you know, there are a multitude of factors and red flags and stuff that, you know, would tell you that maybe he's not that into you, which also I hate that line. Um, (laughs) He's just not that into you. But I don't know. I feel like you could miss a really great connection by playing scared. You're playing safe. You're playing scared when you, like, put up these walls. Like, you're you're really putting up walls. And that was what I had to work on with my therapist was, like, no, actual, like, healthy relationships come from being vulnerable and being transparent and being like, hey, I had a lot of fun with you. Like, why, like, do you want to, like, go out again? Like, whatever it is, like, Mm -hmm. just be honest and say, hey, I'm into you. And a guy will appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And I want to dissect that. Yes. But before we get into that, what was like the trigger that made you like 
send a tweet like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. was there something that you saw or read or just like you were like, that? that's the last time I hear that phrase. You know what I mean? I think it was honestly when I read <laughs> no more than two drinks on the first date. Yeah. And I said, actually, on, on my first date with my current boyfriend, I like was throwing up in the bathroom pretty much because mm-hmm. I drank too many margaritas. And, you know, it's like the right person, no matter if you have sex with them, no matter if you have two drinks on the first date, have sex with them if you want to. The right person will like be into you no matter what. You know, like if a guy doesn't respect you because you got too drunk accidentally on the first date or you slept with him on the first date, then that's just not the guy for you. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's how I had to approach dating. I was like, I'm just going to be myself. I'm not playing any more games. I'm not going to like pretend to be a cool girl. I'm just going to be me and like the right guy will gravitate towards that. But yeah, so I'll actually read the Twitter thread that I wrote. Yeah, yeah, read it. And then I want to ask you about that first date. Yes, yes. So I said, we need to have a conversation about the current top sex slash dating podcasters who are programming women to have the same internalized misogyny they do. Like, girls don't text first. He won't respect you if you sleep with him. If he's not falling all all over himself and sword fighting people to date you, he's not the one, sis. How about we normalize reminding women that healthy and mature relationships come from being vulnerable and transparent and not playing toxic mind games straight out of a 90s Cosmo article? The rules a top sex slash dating podcaster gives her listeners, no more than two drinks on the first date, no sex on the first date, don't send a thank you note after the date. Love setting arbitrary rules for women while acting like men can just do whatever the fuck they want all the time. Literally all of these I disagree with. This behavior is called putting the prick on a pedestal. Stop pretending men make all the rules, girls. And that's basically what I tweeted. And Yeah. yeah, and I mean, also, like, I just have to say major props to you for being like, hey, I saw you talking shit about me. Like, come on my podcast because most people are like, fuck that bitch and block me. Yeah. So I was like, that's awesome. So thank you for like, you know, wanting to hear my point of of view. But yeah. Is there, okay, so still want to get into the first date and the margaritas, but is there any part of you that would be willing to believe that having this, let's say, set of rules Mm -hmm. um, is actually like the opposite of misogyny. So for example, Mm -hmm. like is actually freeing to women saying like you actually don't have to do anything. Like you don't have to like be so worried. Oh my God, are they going to text me? Like you just like don't do anything. And if they're interested, they'll reach out to you, which doesn't mean that like you can't be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. There's so much power in vulnerability. But also, I feel like the whole, like, just be me and they'll love me is Mm -hmm. almost toxic in a way because it, like, you see the, you know, the friend of yours who's like, I'll just text him for a third time. And, like, if it's it's me, so, like, I'm just being myself. So if he's not interested in, like, Mm -hmm. three texts at once, like, he's not the one for me. And it's like you see these women doing that thing, like, over and over and over again. And, like, almost, like, that to me is, like, really just like hurting themselves. So it's not Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, this is a man's world. Like you Mm -hmm. can't reach out as much as like how exciting and exhilarating it is to be pursued. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many things that like women should and like do nowadays. Like, you know, we have our careers and you don't have to do like the gender roles Mm -hmm. necessarily. But I think women who make like billions of dollars still like the check picked up on a date. Mm -hmm. So like that is the one thing that I feel like it's like not a lost art. And like Mm -hmm. maybe I'm hanging out with the wrong guys, Mm -hmm. but every guy I hang out with, anytime there's been like a girl situation and I'm like, what's the deal? Like, are you into it? Like, oh, 10 out of 10, they were like, no, like she would know if I was or like I would like hit her up or like if it like has lingered and not become mm-hmm. a thing. I'm like, so you don't see like you don't take her seriously. And he's like, yeah, no, obviously, you mm-hmm. know, like it's never been like, oh, no, she just like needs to put her walls down and open up to me. And then like, I'll know, you know what I'm saying? So like I, I'm interested to hear in your first mm-hmm. date scenario, because it sounds like to me you and, and I could be totally wrong, mm-hmm. but like you weren't going into that first date trying to date that guy. Like, Mm -hmm. it sounds like you were like, I don't give a fuck what happens with that Mm -hmm. guy. And almost that is why it worked out in your favor. Whereas if you had gone in that on that date and you were like, I have to be good. Like, he needs to like me. Mm -hmm. I can't have more than two drinks. Mm -hmm. 
then then maybe he actually wouldn't have been into it, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like, you know, the scenario that you're talking about, like where a girl is like not taking the hint, I see personally just so much less of that than like a girl, you know, being like, well, he hasn't texted me. Like, should I reach out? It's like, you have literally nothing to lose and everything to gain if you send a text. And, you know, if you send him two or three texts and he doesn't answer, then, like, stop. Obviously, like, take a hint. But I think there are probably so many missed connections that have happened because we keep, you know, telling women, don't send that text. Why not? Like, men are sometimes waiting for that text. They want to know if you're into him. Like, they might be, you know, and I think also a lot of it is just reading, like, the chemistry. Like, you know, you could go on a first date and one of you could, you know, feel the chemistry and then the other one is like, no, absolutely not. That's happened to me before. Like, that's happened to everyone. But I think when there's mutual chemistry and then both people are kind of, like, not wanting to reach out because they don't want to look desperate, they want the other person to chase them, and then it's nothing. It ends up being nothing because, you know, both people were too scared. So, yeah, I feel like, you know, just my thing is, if you're wondering whether or not you should text the guy, just do it. Don't text him 70 times in a row and look like a psycho, obviously. But, like, you have literally nothing to lose. And you have to remember that, like, he's a human on the other side of it. He's not some, like, you know, like, maybe he's a—what's the word? Lothario? The, uh, yeah, I think that is the word. Yeah, I don't know. But, like, some, like— We act like so many men are like these like really, you know, smooth operators. It's like, no, they're probably, you know, half the time just as anxious as you are. Mm -hmm. That's why I said like we need to stop putting the prick on a pedestal. Like we act like men kind of dictate the rules when really it's, yeah, I mean, it is nice to be chased and we should feel like a man is really after us. I definitely, you know, think that it's also a two-way street, you know? Yeah, I want to agree. It's just that, Mm -hmm. like, because I've been doing this for, like, four and a half Mm -hmm. years, every single situation and, like, every man I've spoken to, I would say the only guys that I've ever experienced that have said something like, I didn't know if she was into me, Mm -hmm. so I didn't ask her out again, Mm -hmm. were, like, cripplingly insecure guys. Yeah. And that exists Mm -hmm. 100%. But I feel like most guys, and this isn't like, oh my God, all men are horrible. But like most guys have an insanely inflated ego of like massive delusion. Mm -hmm. Like you need to, whenever you're bored, we have a highlight called men losing it. And it's basically just like guys like going in on girls for like not wanting to go on another date with them or like go, like whatever it is. And I just feel like, And again, like I could be hanging out with the wrong guys, but Mm -hmm. like every guy that I know or like friend of my fiance's or like friend of my Mm brother-in-law's, like it's, it is that black and white. And Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, like maybe I, I, there's always exceptions. Like there are always different guys. And I want to hear more about your boyfriend for this exact Mm -hmm. reason. I will say like, not to bring astrology into it to like Mm -hmm. defend, but like Libra men like love an aggressive woman, which is why they love Aries yeah, yeah. Like they love it. And yes. so like, and we just had Sammy, the co-founder of mm-hmm. Betches on and she's married to a Libra man who also appreciated her aggression, mm-hmm. right? I don't know many, and that that has a lot to do with Libras just like being indecisive and like not mm-hmm. knowing when to like, you know, charge mm-hmm. and whatever. Um, I just don't, I feel like most men are in the other section of like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do what I can get away with. Mm-hmm. What I love about right now is that I feel like all of these old trends are like back and better than ever. And it's so amazing. Like these like wide leg jeans and like big sneakers and all of the 90s looks that I love are back. Like these um, unitards. I just, I love them. Like I can't get enough. And I actually just got a new one, a black one, which I'll link on social for you guys to check out. But that's been my favorite thing about Girlfriend Collective is like literally everything is back. And not only that, but all of their clothes are so amazing for the environment. Girlfriend literally turns like plastic bottles and other wastes that would end up in landfill into these clothes, into these new things for you to wear. And they have sustainable, soft, supportive activewear that feels just as good as it looks. So you can look forward to moving your body this year if that's one of your 
goals for the year. And the best way to like actually move your body is to have really great stuff that you love putting on it. Girlfriend Collective also has all the sizes from like extra, extra small to 6XL. They have everything for everyone and every single model is wearing every single item like on their website. So you want to see it in someone your size, you want to see it in someone another size, like you have all of those options, which is what I love about them. For listeners of the show, Girlfriend Collective is offering $25 off your purchase of $100 or more when you go to girlfriend.com slash Acme. That's $25 off your $100 or more purchase when you go to girlfriend.com slash Acme. Girlfriend.com slash Acme. And they also have a really great garment take back program called Regirlfriend. So once you're done with your stuff, you can send it back to be upcycled into new stuff. Don't you love it? Girlfriend.com slash Acme. Going back to what we said about like sex on the first date. Yeah. And how you said like, you know, it shouldn't be, it's not misogynistic. It's, you know, telling women they don't have to do this. Right. I don't, I just feel like we are constantly, constantly telling women how to act on first dates. When do we ever tell men how to act on first dates? Well, I have a highlight of rules for men. And I'm curious what you think of those. I will have to take a look. But yeah, I feel like so much advice is, you know, telling women, you know, you and call her daddy does this where she says, don't. And I'm like, you're supposed to be like a sexually liberated, like telling women to not have sex on the first date. Like, I'm going to, you know, not let my parents listen to this. But like, yeah, I've, you know, had sex on the first date plenty of times. And that led with to your really, boyfriend. No, not with my boyfriend, okay. actually, because I mean, I probably would have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I told him this, too. I was like, I honestly would have. But he we it was a day date. It was during the day. And then you he had, were throwing up during the yes, day. I'm and, dying. They, and he had dinner plans uh-huh. with like his friend's parents were in town. Oh, that's hilarious. So he had to leave. But yeah, like we we went back to my place. We were hanging sure. out like, you know, like I see nothing wrong with that. Like if if you're with the right person, they will not, they'll, they'll want to have sex with you on the first date and be really excited and like want to have sex with you again. And like, they will not judge you based yeah. on that. I, so I don't know exactly how Alex Cooper says, says that mm-hmm. advice, but I would say mine comes from a different reasoning. Mm-hmm. So I feel like hers is like, sex is a tool, use it to your yes. benefit. Yes. And mine is more like, sex is so exciting when there's mm-hmm. a buildup and like mm-hmm. when you like, kind of get to that point of sexual tension where you're like, you want to rip each other's clothes off. Yes. And then also it's more like, I want to protect some of the women who mm-hmm. have come to me and said, hey, I, you know, like, you know, there are women out there who like count their number of sex. They're like, I've only had four partners. They're like, and I slept with this guy mm-hmm. and he didn't text me the next day and I feel so horrible about myself. And it's almost like the way that I've learned like men Mm -hmm. is that they get to know, they kind of like fall for us in like hanging out with us. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, and we sometimes fall for them just like scientifically Mm -hmm. in the act of sex. Sometimes Mm -hmm. there's some sort of like chemical that releases like whatever. I'm not a scientist. Yeah. And so to be able to like level out the playing field of like, they've hung out with you enough Mm -hmm. and now you're like sleeping with them so that you're on the same page of like liking each other almost Mm -hmm. feels right to me. It's not like, oh my God, Mm -hmm. you're a dumb fucking slut if you sleep with them on the first date. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I've slept with a guy on the first date. And my problem with that, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, Mm -hmm. was that I was like, oh shit, now I don't like him because it's all like, like there's no excitement. There's nothing like still to come. Yeah, I'm like, I know what his dick looks like. I know what the sex is like. And I don't even like him enough to like mm-hmm. hold on to something. Yeah. And that's fair too. And I mean, I, I like what you said about, you know, protecting girls that do come to you because I think that's a big thing. Like I personally don't get super attached, you know. Capricorn I, moon. Yeah, Capricorn moon. Like I don't care about yeah, you. Yeah. So like it's, that's never been an issue for me. But I, you know, a lot of women do say they do get attached. And, yeah. you know, when you do sleep with a guy on the first date that you don't know very well, and then he ends up being an asshole and breaking your heart, it's going to hurt more because you had sex with him. Right. So, yes, that is that is completely fair. I think, you know, it's about knowing yourself. Yeah. And knowing, like, am I going to be okay if this doesn't work out? And 
Yeah, I forgot what else I was going to say. Well, maybe we can go quickly into this, the two drink rule. And then I want to hear like what happened post your vom. Yeah. Um, The two drink rule is also not like a lady has two drinks. Mm -hmm. It's more like, well, I'm sober. So I'm very biased Mm -hmm. this rule. Oh, yeah. I want to ask you about being sober. Yeah, but I and and this rule was pre-sobriety. And it was Mm -hmm. more just like for me when I had two drinks back in the day when I drank, mm-hmm. my drinks were to heal on the rock. So maybe that's very different than other people's. Mm-hmm. But I was just not in the same frame of mind that I was, you know, after the two drinks versus the three drinks. Like mm-hmm. I was like, I'll do whatever, you know, do I like you? Maybe like I just, it was so unclear to me after a certain point. And like, I think also for me, like I hate sloppiness and I feel Mm -hmm. like this is like Virgo cap vibes. Mm -hmm. Like if someone's being sloppy, like that's it. Like I'll never, like that's the ick for me, Mm -hmm. you know, like anything sloppy, slurry, like that. I have immediate ick. So Mm -hmm. I was like, let's collectively right? Not have more than two drinks. I think that's on the guy list too. Mm -hmm. But if anything, it's more like emphasized on the women list because it's like you are the chooser. Mm -hmm. They're not. And like you need to be in in sort of the Mm -hmm. right frame of mind to be making the choice. Mm -hmm. And that's what it is. It's not like you're a lady. It's like Mm -hmm. you're a boss bitch who like needs to be thinking a little bit clearly if you actually like this person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. And that's totally fair. I think, you know, a really good first date might last eight hours, you know? So like, what are you going to do? Be sober the rest of the time? Well, that's another rule. (laughs) You're going to kill me. Oh, God. Yeah. Dates shouldn't last more than like two hours. First dates, first dates. My first date with my boyfriend was like all day. Well, this is an amazing match. Like, this is the exception. I know that's hard Mm -hmm. to believe, but like it is like you you found something really amazing and someone who was really into you from day one. And I'm curious if he had done like background research on you, like maybe he had put you on a pedestal already. No. So it's funny because he's actually he's actually Jewish. And, you know, being a Jew, you you know, you there's Jewish geography. You kind of know people in common. Yeah. And so we matched randomly on Hinge. Turns out we know a bunch of people in common. And, you know, he doesn't, at the beginning, he didn't really fully understand, like, what I did for work. So he didn't really, I don't think, did his research or understand, like, who I even am. So, no, I wouldn't say that he did background on me at all. Like, I think, you know, on our first date, I was trying to explain it. He was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But, yeah, now he's, like, my biggest fan and biggest supporter. Got me my podcasting mic for Hanukkah. Actually, like, you know, we did a little New Year's dinner. We were not together on New Year's, which sucked, but did a little dinner. And he said something that was very, very, very sweet to me, which words of affirmation, people. He said some something like, you're only scratching the surface of your potential. Aww. And to hear something like that, like it's meant, really I started crying. We were at the Odeon and I was like, just crying. Yeah. I don't even know how I got to that, but yeah, I mean... <laughs> He's been so supportive, even though what I do is probably really weird. And when Christine, do you watch Selling Sunset? Yeah. So Christine from Selling Sunset, like I, you know, her mm, fake pregnancy rumors that were going (laughs) around. I was tweeting about it. I was like, hey, the streets are saying this. She ended up doxing me. What does that mean? She um, posted where I, she posted me to her 1.2 million or 2 million. I can't remember how many she has, but like millions. And tagged me three times, tagged everywhere that I've ever worked, including my current company. And it was when I was getting on the plane home from Thanksgiving. And my boyfriend was like, what can I do? He was like, I'm on it. I'm reporting her to Instagram. Like, you don't have to do anything. Like, it's fine. It ended up being fine. I obviously got, I had to turn my comments off my Instagram. I was getting tons of DMs. I mean, she doesn't have that many fans. So like, (laughs) it ended up being fine. My company got tons of DMs to fire me. So I was like, hey, like, sorry about that. (laughs) That's crazy. But I feel like if they're getting DMs to fire you, you're doing your job, you know? Yeah, I was like, you're welcome for all the <laughs> yeah. free publicity. That was like um, a couple of years ago. I got in a Twitter fight with Kim Kardashian, Kendall Jenner, and like actually almost got fired. Wait, stop. Like they responded to you. Yes. Shut the fuck up. This was like 2017 and I like legitimately almost got fired. That's how you should have had me introduce you on the podcast. <laughs> it's funny because every time I bring up that story, people are like, wait, what are you talking about? Tell me right now. I need like a whole like yeah, Instagram you highlight. write a book about just that. Wait, but what happened? 
I basically tweeted, some story came out about Kendall Jenner, how she let her dog like bite someone and then just like left without saying sorry. And I was like, uh, she's so annoying and stupid and blah, blah, blah. And I just like wrote a bunch of adjectives. And then Kim Kardashian quote tweeted me and she was like, you're stupid for writing this. Like only a blah, blah, blah type of person would write this tweet. Kendall has anxiety. And then Kendall <sighs> responded to me and was like, I'm so sorry you feel that way. I hope to meet you one day and change your mind. Oh, wow. And I was like, it's funny because Kendall clearly had Kim do like the mean one. Right. And then try to be like the nice, like bigger person. <laughs> It's really funny. It was funny. But yeah, I like legitimately, I got in so much trouble at the company that I worked at at the time. And yeah, almost lost my job. Oh my God. Well, thank God you didn't. I'm Otherwise always, we wouldn't be here today. Well, I'm, we would have. I'm always putting my employers like in bad situations. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the like major like whistleblower situations that mm-hmm. you have, that you have done. You're literally like the Watergate person. Oh my God. So there was the Ariel Charnas thing. I don't want to like go too deep into it because it's the past. Mm -hmm. But like, did you ever hear from her at the time when you had been doing that? Yeah. People ask me that all the time. Never heard from her. Never heard from her husband. Never heard from anyone. And I like fully wasn't prepared for how viral that went. Like if you go to my Twitter, I tweet stuff, you know, along those lines all the time. And it just my followers. But it went really viral. And I like was not prepared for that. It was a lot. But no, you know, like a lot of people are like, well, can't they sue you? And I'm like, no, because I was just posting the truth, you know, like I'm very familiar with media ethics, I guess, which is why I feel like I know what I can say without having to worry about like, you know, quote unquote, getting sued. I'm like, you know, I'm just either stating my opinion or stating what I know to be a fact. Right. What about the Hilaria Baldwin situation? Oh, my God. Did anyone reach out to you? Hilaria? No. <laughs> but I actually wasn't the one. The one who really got that story going was Lenny Briscoe on Twitter. And then what I did, I was like, oh, my God, no one. I feel like 99% of the news, like, never makes it to Instagram. It always stays on Twitter. And then my friends that don't use Twitter are like, wait, where did you see that? And I'm like, you need to get on Twitter. Right. So I was like, wait. And no one is talking about this. So I end up just posting the entire Twitter thread to Instagram. Instagram, made a whole highlight, and then it became, you know, a big thing. But yeah, she's nuts. She is actually nuts. Like, I'm so concerned. I'm sorry for their children. Like, yeah. Do you think she's had surrogates? Yes. Yes, I do. How many? I think that, I mean, I don't want to be speculative. This is pure, pure speculation. I think it's very possible that Carmen, her firstborn, was the only one that she actually carried. But again, like, that's pure speculation. And the Hilaria Baldwin Reddit is like a playground if Mm -hmm. you guys are into this stuff. But yeah, she's off her rocker. She's a true, true, like, narcissist. Mm. Which, you know, when we talk about, like, red flags to look out for when dating, too. Like, you need to look out for the narcissist, guys. Oh, like, for sure. Yeah. For sure. We've done like a whole episode yes, on that. Yes. IGTV. Um, is there any scandal that you're not at all interested in and that it almost like blows your mind that you don't care about? Like, for example, I did a random like a deep dive, not mm-hmm. like me covering it, but me reading a medium article about like the Hailey Bieber. I oh, love that. Like Selena Gomez, Justin Bieber timeline. Like mm-hmm. it was very, it's like a 45 minute read, but it took me four hours because there were so many links like within it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll send it to you if you haven't read it. But, oh yeah, I saw it. Okay, you did. Mm-hmm. But is there anything that like you're surprisingly not interested in? I'm really not interested in like the, who are they? I guess you would call them like the the fundies or like the I don't know if they're called fundies, actually, fundamentalists or like the really Christian Mm. influencers like that are anti-vax and like not vaccinated. There's one named Daryl Ann Denner that like everyone DMs me about. And I'm like, I just do not care about these people. I think they're so boring and weird. And like, yeah, they're crazy anti-vaxxers, but like, I don't know. I'm just not interested in them. Yeah. They sound pretty dumb. Yeah. They're just like boring and dumb. They're just like the, the weird, like, Yeah. Okay, I have to ask your friend Ryan's yeah. question. He said, I host a pod with Soph. Please ask her about her dating history. <laughs> Wait, it says her dating history with her current boyfriend, but what does that mean? There was history before? No, I don't know what he means. I think it's because he like always tries to dig and I like never really tell him anything. So he just wants the tea. 
No, there there really isn't any any, you know, crazy story. We met on Hinge and then, you know, hit it off right away. And I never went on, you know, a date after that. What does he do? He works in finance. Yeah. Why did I know that was like going to be the answer? Because <laughs> like they all do. Yeah. They literally all um, do. When's his actual birthday? October 4th. Okay. When's yours? Uh, September 28th. Okay. So you're September 1. Wait, yours is, ex- what year were you born? Uh, are you the 28th of March? 27th. Okay. I'm born 1990. Okay. So like. But what were you going to say? I don't know. Just that we're close. Six months. The, yeah, if you yeah. said September 27th, like that'd be right. weird. Well, you know that's Gwyneth Paltrow's birthday. So you're, September 27th? Yeah, is? so you're exact opposites. Oh my God, that's so funny. March 27th, my birthday twins are Mariah Carey. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend Hannah. Your friend Hannah. Quentin Tarantino. And Vicky Gunvalson from yes. Real Housewives. <laughs> I actually knew all of that too because I have this weird like superpower where you can list any, name any celebrity and I'll tell you their birthday. Oh my God, that's so funny. It's crazy. Do you know John Mayers? Yeah, he's a Libra. He is a Libra. October 19th. I think you're right. And I'm like yeah. a huge John Mayer fan, so I should know that. But like, yeah. I'm not like a crazy like. You should. I could see you guys being <laughs> together one day, but he's one too, day. he's got too many things. Yeah. Um. Okay, what are your thoughts on Taylor Swift? I'm curious because I feel like you never talk about her. Like, are um, you a fan? I actually, I like her music. I don't love her as a person. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of what she does is like, I do love her music. She was literally like my top artist of 2021 mm-hmm. or whatever on Spotify rap. So like, I'm never going to like hate on Taylor Swift. I just don't love how she always like, she does always play the victim. Like, whenever anyone says anything, because she knows she has, like, a rabid fan base. Mm. So she does have a little bit of a victim complex that I find kind of frustrating sometimes. And I think that she's, like, just kind of, she needs to do better with, like, her style. Like, never been a fan of her style. I feel like she does. She either has had the same stylist forever or just doesn't n- have no one. stylist. Yeah. yeah, no stylist. Like, she just doesn't have great style. I want more for her in that department. But yeah, no, love her music. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful gowns. Beautiful gowns. Have you seen that interview? No. Where Whitney Houston, or is it Aretha Franklin? Someone is being interviewed and they're asked about what they think about Taylor Swift. And they're like, beautiful gowns. She has beautiful gowns. (laughs) That's really funny. I know. Okay, we're going to do some rapid fire poll questions. But my last question for you is like, is there someone who's next who you're like, this person is sus as fuck and like I'm coming for them because like their behavior doesn't add up or I just have them on my radar because I feel like something's off. There's something fishy. This couple's about to break up, you mm-hmm. know, whichever. I don't know. I've been really, really, really wanting to do a deep dive lately on Kylie Jenner's whole like house of cards Mm. and how literally all of her businesses are failing and the way that they're trying to make it seem like she's a billionaire, but she's like definitely not. And it's going to be really hard for her to keep up her lifestyle. But anyway, I like there are so many shady, obviously, things about the Kardashians that I'm kind of like their biggest hater, their biggest critic, but like biggest fan at the same time because I'm like always talking about them and thinking about them. Kim and Pete. Oh, yeah. I heard you say on a podcast that you don't think it's real. I do I do think it's real, by the way. I actually know it's real for a fact. I'll tell you. How some, do you know it's real? I'll tell you some insider stuff after this. I just, I, I do not think it's real. There is nothing about it to me that reads as genuine. And I know you, you know it's real. I've been saying this entire time. It's purely PR. And people love to say, but Pete Davidson doesn't care about attention. He does. But here's the thing. Can it be real and also good PR? Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. No, it definitely can. I just don't think that it's real. I think that it's good PR. I don't think it's real personally. But yeah, I mean, if I'm proven wrong. I'll tell you the tea as we walk out. Yes. Rapid fire poll question time. So this is just like a one word answer here. Do you search someone's phone number when they give it to you on a dating app? Yes or no? What does that even mean? Like Google them, I guess. Oh my Google god, their I've, number. I've never done that. In my I life. actually haven't either, and I'm like a pretty yeah, I'm like a stalker. really good stalker. Would you be happy or upset if your boyfriend asked one of your friends to pick out a gift for you because they didn't know what to get you? Um, I'd be happy. That's cute. That's sweet. I agree. Like, why would anyone be upset about that? Yeah, that's nothing. It's that so it it's like entitled almost to be upset about yeah, that. Yeah, what is it a red flag or no big deal if you don't have the same music t- music taste? I'd say it's only a red flag if they, like, only listen to house music. Yeah. Agreed. (laughs) Can it ever work out if they say early on that they're not looking for anything serious? Yes or no? 
Oh, that's definitely a red flag. No, Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. Do you feel like your hands have aged disproportionately over the course of the pandemic because you've been washing and sanitizing so much? Yes. But also I've been really, really, really good about using my extra skincare on my hands while I apply it. So pro tip. Amazing. Yeah. I'll, I'll need to get that. My hands are really soft lately, actually. Oh, because they of do it. look soft. Thank you. Um, if you're having distrust and anxiety in a long-term relationship, does that say more about how they're making you feel or more about underlying problems? You're not trusting your significant other. Is it because of something they're doing or underlying problems in the relationship? I think it might also be like, did they give you, if they gave you a reason to distrust them, then yes, that's on them. But Mm -hmm. if you're just not trusting, it's because of what you have already experienced. Yeah. So yeah, actually my therapist gave me another good example today in therapy. I had therapy today. When you walk up, because I was talking about, you know, just talking about personal therapy stuff, not going to announce it, but basically you, you're in a grocery store, you tap one person on the shoulder that person will be like, hey, what's up? How are you? You tap the next person on the shoulder. They're like, oh my God, you scared me. You tap the third person on the shoulder and they're like, get the fuck away from me. Don't touch me. All of these people have different reactions based on their own life experiences. It doesn't have to do with you sometimes. It's like, I mean, it doesn't have to do with your partner or anything your partner did. It's like, what happened with you that's giving you trust issues? Mm, Yeah, I agree. Sorry, that wasn't a rapid fire answer. No, I agree with that. But I will say like, I have only had trust issues in relationships where the guy made me have the trust issues, you know, because he was shady as fuck. Yeah, if he's being shady and giving you trust issues, then yes. Mm -hmm. When should we stop saying Happy New Year? Right now or in a week? Um, In a week. I'm like still saying it. Okay, fair. (laughs) If your boyfriend joins a new gym, shady or normal? My boyfriend's like me in that he like doesn't work out. So I would think it was shady. Well, this is, I just, I thought of this. When did you guys say I love you? We haven't yet. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I don't know why I assumed. It's okay. I know. It's Do you like, feel it? So in my last relationship, I actually said this to him that my last boyfriend said I love you very early on and that should have been a red flag. He said he wanted to marry me. He said he loved me very yeah. early on. And yeah, so that, you know, was a red flag that I looked out for. And I told my current boyfriend that and... You scared him. We're going to wait until the right time. Yeah, mm-hmm. I probably did scare you him. You for sure did. He's like, he's like trying to wait as long as it's long and yeah, not early. Exactly. You know, and then like the moment it's like not early, yeah. he's going to say it for yeah. sure. But would you say it first? I probably would. Mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, it's, it's again, it's something that like... Maybe like sex on the first date. It's something that I withhold, you know, like after my last relationship, I'm like, okay, I'm going to withhold that for a little bit. Yeah, it's a meaningful thing. Like Mm -hmm. my friend always says she's been married for like 10 years. She's always like, after I love you comes the farts. So like, oh, the farts have already come. Oh, okay. so the farts have already appeared. Yeah, that sucks. I have the farts, but not the I love you. You deserve the I love you before the farts. I know he's going to listen to this. He's a regular listener of every podcast I go on. He's going to listen to this and be like, great, cool. No, he's going to listen to this and be like, (laughs) Sophie, I love you. He's going to be like, Illy. (laughs) Illy SFM. Yeah. Okay. Okay, amazing. Can you leave us with a quote or piece of advice that has helped you? Or maybe it's another piece of wisdom from the therapist. Oh my God. Wow. I really wish I had like thought of something good before this. Ooh, like just around dating in general. Okay. Like, is that what you want? Yeah. It's anything that's like helped you throughout the years that you can like leave with our listeners that maybe can help them. I I feel like I, you know, talked about a lot of the stuff that's gotten me through you know, this past year because I went through a breakup last year. And like I said, I just was, you know, not the healthiest relationship. So I think my probably main piece of advice would be to, like, you know, we already kind of talked about, is to leave, like, toxic mind games behind. Like, no more toxic mind games. Embrace being vulnerable And look, I need to take my own advice sometimes because I just said I'm withholding saying I love you. But yeah, embrace being vulnerable, embrace letting your walls down and being you and knowing that the right person, you know, is going to love you for you and accept you for who you are. And oh, what's this one line that I really like? You never, what's, you'll never miss out on what, what is it? (laughs) 
It's like what's meant for you will find you or some shit like that. Yeah, something like that. It's like you'll never miss out on something that wasn't meant for you or that was meant for you. I can't remember. But basically, yes, like what's meant for you will find you. And I'm like a huge, huge believer in like the universe and like everything happens for a reason. I actually on New Year's Eve this year, I was at this random restaurant with my friend who her ex is actually the head chef and she kind of wanted to be like toxic and chaotic, but also wanted like closure and to like leave it behind in 2021. Mm -hmm. This random restaurant on the border of Queens and Brooklyn, my childhood neighbor, my childhood like best friend and neighbor just was like randomly there. And I grew up in Cincinnati. So like from the random suburbs of Ohio to suddenly being in the same restaurant at the same, like, time, same place in New York City and Queens, like, 15 years later, going into 2022, it was, like, a sign that I was exactly where I was supposed to be. Yeah. And it was really great to see her. She's actually a very successful illustrator named Sarah Rabin. So check out her work. But, yeah, we grew up neighbors, and now we both live in New York. And it's funny because when we were younger, we always talked about moving to New York and making it. So, yeah, and then we lost touch for, you know, years. And then to run into her there was just, like, the weirdest thing in the world. But anyway, basically what I'm saying is what's meant for you will find you. You're exactly where you're supposed to be right now. I agree. And pay attention to the signs because you never know. Yes, Um, yes. I just had that same experience, by the way. We checked into a hotel a week ago, and the room number was was our wedding date. So, (gasps) Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. Where can everyone find you and follow you and oh listen gosh, to you and read your so tweets? Fun. The Twitter girl. The Twitter girl, TM. It's annoying. My Twitter and Instagram handles are different, but you'll get used to it. I am Soph underscore Ross on Instagram and Soph Ross with four S's on Twitter. And yeah, I will be launching my Substack by the end of the month, which will be like my Twitter, but like on crack. So love it. Yeah. Can't wait. Yay. Thanks, Thank you so. so much for having me. Thanks for coming. Yeah. 